Come on, if he's ever broke through for you, would you praise him? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen, I'm thankful for the breakthrough. Amen, so thankful for the power of the Lord. Amen. Numbers chapter 13, and I'm very sure of it tonight. Amen. Amen. I typed it completely out tonight. I did not abbreviate. Amen. Numbers chapter 13, verse number 2. Thank you, Pastor Voskis and Bishop Wilson, Sister Voskis, Sister Wilson, and the staff here at Bethlehem Church. We are so blessed. This is first class. You guys are top-notch folks. Amen. And I'm so thankful to be a part of it. So thankful for the many years of friendship. Amen. That these great men behind me, they have been such a solid voice in key transitional moments of my life. And I do not take that for granted. I'm thankful for them. Amen. And thankful for their, their consistency. Amen. Numbers chapter 13 and verse number 2 said, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel of every tribe of their fathers. Shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. Jump down to verse number 33 of the same chapter said, And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Amen. I want to preach tonight, if the Lord will help me, and I promise, I know I stand between you and a pasta dinner. Amen. But I, I promise to, to be mindful of the time, but I want to preach to you slaying giants and grabbing grapes. Slaying giants and grabbing grapes. Would you help me pray, God of heaven? I love you. I pray that you would speak tonight to the needs of someone in this room that is faced with a giant of addiction, a giant of depression, a giant of suicide, a giant of, of thoughts that are ungodly. They're faced with them tonight. But I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, before they leave this house, that they will not see giants in their eyes. But God, you will have set them free in the name that's above every name. We give you praise. I pray that nothing, God, would come out of my mouth that is not pleasing and anointed for your service. In Jesus' name, would you give him praise right now? Hallelujah, hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Genesis chapter 15, God tells Abraham that his seed shall be a stranger in a land and will be afflicted for 400 years. Then God will judge that nation and they shall come out of that nation with great substance. And God gave Moses a word of promise to bring the children of Israel. This promise comes to them after 400 years of slavery to the Egyptians. I promise I'm not going to preach this morning's sermon, but I believe that God is trying to reach for somebody in this place. The promise in Exodus 3 and 17 said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt unto the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites, the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites unto a land flowing 
with milk and honey. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, he tells them, wait a minute, I know that I told you that it was a land flowing with milk and honey, but I left some things out. There are great and goodly cities that you did not build. There are houses full of all good things which you did thou fillest not and wells already dug. There are great and goodly cities. God said, I've got a place prepared for you. I've got a promise for you. And it's things that you've never had before. It is a a life that you have never experienced before. You won't have to dig any wells. There are vineyards there. There are olive trees there that you did not have to plant. There's just one small detail that I forgot to mention. Also over there, there are giants in the land. Now go to this text tonight. Moses sends out 12 spies and he says, spy out the land and bring back some of the fruit of the land. The scripture tells us that they go in, they spy the land out and they bring back figs. They bring back pomegranates and grapes. And the Bible said that the grapes were so big that it took two men to carry one cluster on a staff between them. It took two men to carry the promise. The Bible does not say who these two men are, but I think real good possibility that it was Joshua and Caleb because they were the only two who agreed upon the promises of God and who believed that they could possess their inheritance. I've come to tell somebody, amen, the Bible teaches us that all 12 spies announced it truly is a land flowing with milk and honey. It truly is a land of great fruit. It is a land of great uh, substance and it is a land that will sustain us. But 10 of those spies said in our modern language, nevertheless, they said there are giants in the land. What they said is... It's a great land, but I don't think we better go mess with it. It's a great promise, but I think we better just leave it alone. It's a great victory. It's a great breakthrough, but it's probably not for us. But there were two men that said, listen. Hallelujah. I saw some big men over there, but have you seen the size of these grapes? Have you seen the size of the promise? They just come out of 400 years in a wilderness where there was no food. All they had was manna, and now there's a land promised that's got milk and honey, a land promised that's got grapes. Oh God, oh man, I I know that they're there, but I see trouble brewing on the horizon. I see it any time. I hear somebody say God has got a promise but nevertheless I think I'll settle for my addiction I'll settle for my depression I'll settle for what the enemies robbed me of I'll settle with losing my dreams I'll settle with the miracle never happening and the door of the promise of God being slammed in my face the enemy wants us to sit here tonight with an attitude of I know God can heal but I know God God can deliver, but I know God can save, but I know God can open the door, but listen, I know God can bring water out of the rock, but can he give us a table 
and put meat on it here in the wilderness. And the enemy wants you to know that God can, but he wants you to doubt that God will. I wonder how many times we stand on the border of our promised land and we fail to take our possession just because we could not believe that God was able. Every time you add that, 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 that doubt to the promise of God, you limit God and disqualify yourself from his promise and his provision. Can I tell you right now, without a doubt in my mind, the provision of the provider is greater than our need. What God has is greater than what I have need of. Ten spies, and they all had the same problem. Ten of them saw giants in their eyes. Ten of them come back and saw themselves as grasshoppers. The Bible doesn't say that the giants seen them as grasshoppers first. They first surrendered themselves as weak and powerless. They first surrendered themselves by saying, I don't think I can overcome this addiction. I don't think I can overcome this fear. I don't think I can get past this bitterness. I don't think I can shake loose of this jealousy. I don't think the giant of what I'm facing is bigger. But God needs a Joshua and a Caleb that'll say there's some big things I'm facing. But if you could see the promise, it's bigger than the giant. If you could see the promise, it's bigger than my battle. It's bigger than what's fighting me. Giants are employed by the devil. They are employed by the devil to resist you, to frustrate you, and to steal the promise of God out of your life. Can I tell you tonight that grapes represents the promise and the blessing and the provision of God. But giant represents the enemy, the adversary to the promise and the adversary to the provision. There are all kinds of giants. There are giants of fear, insecurity, inferiority, sickness, debt, depression, worry, anxiety, amen, stress. The list goes on and on and on. But whatever you name them, I've come to tell you the promise is greater than the giant. The grape is greater than the addiction. Their mission is to keep you out of your blessing. Their mission is to keep you from enjoying the promises of God. Their mission in life. Listen, I've got to tell you tonight, you're either going to see giants or you're going to see grapes. But you can't have both. That means either giants are going to occupy your thoughts and capture your future or you're going to see the provision of God and you're going to be controlled by the promise. I choose to be controlled. If you're motivated and energized by the grapes, you don't even see the giants. If you're motivated by the promise of God, you don't even see depression. You don't even see fear. You don't even see anxiety. You don't even see family trouble. You don't see addiction. I'm motivated by the promise. I'm motivated by the promise. Ah, 
I'm motivated by the promise. If you're not careful, the giant that you face tonight will manipulate your thoughts, manipulate and dominate you, and it will intimidate you. Can I tell you quite frankly that when you find domination, manipulation, and intimidation, there's a spirit of a Jezebel that is trying to shut your mouth and stop you from finding the promise of God. But I've come to let somebody understand right now that you can have victory when the world is caving. You can have victory when your peers are still addicted. You can be free from anxiety when your family's still on... I wish I had somebody that believed me tonight that God is still in the delivering business. God is still saving us from giants. God still heals depression. God still heals worry. God still heals frustration. He still takes care of anxiety. You can never live holy. Amen. If all you do is question why all the time. When you're motivated and you're energized and you're driven by grapes, you'll scare some of the people. You'll start talking big. You'll start thinking big. You'll start planning big. You'll worship big. You'll give big. You'll commit big when you're motivated by the promise. I fear that there's people here tonight that only come to church to get a quick fix from what they faced all week long. Listen, I come here because I'm motivated by the promise. I'm motivated by the grace. I'm motivated by what he's promised my family. Somebody's got to make a statement like Joshua and Caleb. Somebody's got to make a statement. You got to boldly declare. We we are well able to take the land. We are well able to take the land. We are well able to do what God says we can do. I want you to know that you need to become aggressive in your faith. Aggressive in your worship. You need to get intentionally confrontational with the enemy. And you need to let him know the buck stops here. I'm sick of this battle. I'm sick of this depression. I've got a promise I've got a promise Say well brother Weir I don't have a promise I beg to differ We all have a promise For the promise is unto you And to your children And to all that are afar off Even as many as the Lord our God shall call We've all got a promise You've got to get motivated By the promise I believe those two spies, and let's just say for the sake of argument that it was Joshua and Caleb. I just believe Joshua and Caleb said, I'm too hungry to see the giants of my problem. I'm too hungry to see the giants of my circumstance. There's some men down there, but have you seen the size of these grapes? Listen, I love, somebody needs to tell the enemy, I love you. Maybe it's your family. You need to tell them I love you, but I'm not going to spend the rest of my life locked in a prison of depression and a prison of anxiety. I love you, but I'm breaking out of this giant prison. I'm breaking out of what holds me captive. I'm breaking out of fear. It's time for you to break loose. It's time for you to shake loose of everything that binds you up. It's time for you to know that you got a promise. You got a promise that is greater than the giant of your battle. 
I believe if you'll surrender that somebody in this room is going to break out of a giant prison tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Once you taste the grapes. Let me tell you this. If you fit in with the world, you'll never fit in with the church. It don't mix. If you fit in with giants, you'll never fit in with grapes. It's not a good mixture. If you see giants and depression all the time, you're probably not going to make it real good in the church. God needs somebody that says, I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. I woke up this morning with my mind stayed. I wish I had somebody that helped me tonight. I wish you'd like me in this house. I've come to tell somebody the promise is in this room. The promise is in this room. The promise is here. But you gotta get the giants out of your eyes. When you fill your eyes with the promises of God's blessing, and God's, God's power in your life, all of a sudden, the, the giant starts seeming smaller. All of a sudden, when I set my eyes on the promise, it's as if the giant just slips over here to my peripheral vision. It's just some little thing. And he looks like a grasshopper. You see, the problem is too many of you see yourself as grasshoppers. And God said, I need you to see yourself as a victorious child of the king. You speak in defeat before you ever went in and tried to fight the giant. Oh, they're bigger than we are. They're better than we are. It does not matter. You've got the Lord on your side. You've got the promise of God. I wish one person would plug into this right now and you'd begin to rejoice like God just sets you free. Rejoice like he just delivered you. Come on, somebody tell your neighbor, I'm busting out of this prison. I'm busting out of this place of depression. I'm busting out of this place. When you think grapes, you start talking grapes. Uh, God needs somebody to get a mentality. I'm a grape grabbing, giant slaying child of the king. Hallelujah. There's no giant that can get between me and my promise. There's no addiction that can stand between me and my promise. There's no bad relationship or a manipulative man or woman in my life that can get between me and my promise. There's no depression that can get between me and my promise. There's no fear that can get between me and my promise. I'm busting out of this mindset. I'm, bu- I'm a great grabber. I'm a great grabber. You may see giants, but I see grapes. I see promise. I see provision. (laughs) What heritage are you going to give your children? Is your children and your grandchildren going to see giants or are they going to see grapes? this week I faced the greatest giant I ever faced in my life I faced all kind of stuff I was sick in my body and I faced I faced the spirit of hell head on I sat in a four and a half hour meeting hearing how no good I was and how no good my family was how my ministry was over but you know what that was being pronounced over me by grasshoppers 
when they were pronouncing it and they were telling my ministry was over and I might as well quit and throw in the towel. You know what God started telling me? The greatest days are still ahead of you. The greatest moments are still ahead of you. And I've come to tell you, I got my eyes on a promise. I'm going to give my kids the promise. I'm not going to talk about the giant. I'm not going to magnify the giant. I'm going to talk about the promise. that I can give my, chi- my kids my children is we're great grabbers and we're giant slayers hallelujah would you lift your hands to the Lord right now I feel a prophetic word about to come in this room Come on. God's about to prophesy to somebody's spirit right now. What's your confession going to be? Are you going to give your kids a land flowing with milk and honey? Or are you going to pass on a legacy of anxiety? Legacy of depression? Legacy of addiction? You see... On my mom's side of the family, I stand here about a fourth generation town drunk. <laughs> I've got fa- I got cousins in prison right now. He I got cousins in prison right now for raping multiple women. I've got cousins sitting in prison for for murder. I've, I, I, I cannot tell you. I've had cousins die of overdoses. I, I, the, the list goes on and on and on. And I could magnify those giants. Or I can talk about the promise. You see, the Bible said, if a man has two sons, do they have to bring forth sour grapes? I've come to tell somebody, you do not have to be a product of your environment. You do not have to be a product of your upbringing. I don't care how many generations your family's been addicted, you can be free tonight. But you gotta get your eye on the promise. I don't care how long your mama was addicted, you can be free. I don't care how long your daddy was addicted, you can be free tonight. But you cannot talk about the giant. You gotta see the great. You gotta see the promise. You gotta see the blessing. Walking down the railroad track, 12 years old, my little country mama started singing, oh, I want to see him. Look upon his face. There to sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. And when she went to go into it the second time, at 12 years old, God filled my mama with the power of the Holy Ghost. Walking down a railroad track by herself. You know what my mama said? My daddy might have been a drunk, but my children's not going to be... My brother might have been a womanizer, but my children's not going to be. Come on, it's time for somebody to break some curses in your family, break some generational battles, and get your eyes on the promise. Get your eyes on the promise. Get your eyes on the promise. And instead of me being an alcoholic, Instead of my brothers being in prison, instead of me being a drug addict or a womanizer 
I got one uncle, man, God rest his soul. I met a new kid of his every time we went to family reunion. He has so many different women, kids from every one of them. I got cousins on top of cousins. I still ain't met. He's been dead 10 years and I'm still meeting cousins. But my mama said, not in my house. I'm a giant slaver. I'm a giant slaver. My, my mom didn't have a great education. She didn't have a large vernacular. Her vocabulary was not eloquent. Matter of fact, her and my dad was just the opposite. Dad had great speech and eloquent speech. Mom was just a country bumpkin. But mom said at 12 years old, not in my family, not in my bloodline. I'm going to break it. And so today, you know that we're here and in Terre Haute, Indiana. I got a brother pastor in a revival church in Hymera, Indiana. I got another brother pastor in a revival church. All three of us are working in full-time ministry because somebody said, I'm going to grab the grape and I'm going to slay the giant. Stand with me tonight. I have so much more. Somebody needs to make up in your mind before I leave this place. I'm grabbing my joy. I'm grabbing my peace. I'm grabbing the salvation of prodigals. I'm grabbing a new anointing. Not in my bloodline. Come on, somebody. If you got addictions and you've had struggles in your life, you ought to lift your hands right now and say, God, it may be in my past, but by the blood of Jesus, it'll never be in my future. It'll never be in my children. It'll never get into my kids. Come on. Maybe you've had bitterness against the church. You need to lay it down right now and say, you know what? Not in my bloodline. Not in my kids. Not in my house. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Look at look yourself in the mirror right now and let the enemy know I'm a great grabber and I'm a giant slayer. Because there's two options. There's two options if you're going to get the promised land. Because everything about this story is type and shadow of going to the promised land. It's about getting where milk and honey's flowing. Everything about this, this biblical illustration is about us getting from here to glory. From the earth to the heavens. And you have two options tonight. You can either be controlled by giants or giants can be controlled by you. It's your choice. You can leave here with your same depression. You can leave here with your same anxiety. You can leave here with your same worry right now. That's okay. But make up in your mind right now, who, who am I going to serve? Am I serving the God of promise? Or am I serving the giants? God, I pray a release of generational curses in this room right now. I bind them in the name of Jesus. I bind them in the name of Jesus. Y'all know my family. Come here, Abby, Molly, Jackson. Come up here with me for a minute. I'm closing. I'm getting ready to turn this over to Pastor, and he can 
follow through with this. We're not here because giants didn't want us. Mama said, not in my house. Two weeks before my dad drew his last breath, too young to die, two weeks before my dad drew his last breath, he called me into his room, Brother Wilson, and he said, I'm not asking you, Jason. I'm charging you. Don't you ever let my grandbabies hear you preach another message. He said, I'm charging you. He said, I know you don't want to hear this, but I'm not long for this world. I had no clue. I thought dad had lived, all of his family lived up into their upper 80s. I thought dad's going to be with me for a long time. I had no clue that we were two weeks away from his, his departure. And he looked at me and he said, I'm not asking you. I'm charging you. Listen, I cannot see giants when there's a promise for these children. I owe it to the generation before me. I owe it to the generation before me to tell these babies the giant of bitterness is not going to get a hold of us. The giant of fear is not going to get a hold of us. The Come on, I've come to tell somebody for the sake of your children, quit looking at the giants. Get your eyes on the promise. Get your eyes on the promise. Today, my oldest daughter and son-in-law were working in ministry in an apostolic one God Jesus name church. The greatest gift I've ever received besides the Holy Ghost is that my three children are traveling this country spreading the gospel and they're just as much a part of our ministry as I am. That's the promise! Come on, would you lift your hands? Every eye closed, every head bowed. Uh, would you lift your hands and talk to him right now? God's wanting to set somebody free in this house. If you've got the power of the Holy Ghost in you, come lay hands on somebody right now. Come on, if you're full of the Holy Ghost, there's ladies and men up here that need deliverance. There's ladies and gentlemen at this altar that need to be set free. They got giants in their eyes, but they need to see the promise. They got giants in their eyes. Come on. Come on, somebody help me. Don't leave me stranded here. I know we got pasta, but it'll be okay. I'll buy you dinner someplace else if the pasta goes bad. Get a hold of somebody and tell them we're pulling the giants out of your eyes right now. This depression will never hold you again. This anxiety will never hold you again. This fear will never hold you again. This addiction will never hold you again. This bitterness will never hold you again. I'm pulling the giants out of your eyes and we're going to give you grapes. Be a giant slayer. Be a grape grabber. Be a giant slayer. Be a grape grabber. Come on, don't stop until you feel a breakthrough. Don't stop until you feel a breakthrough. Don't stop until you got that cluster of grapes hoisted up on your back and you're saying, God, I got my hands on the promise. I got my hands on the promise.
Victory in the 
soak in the presence of the Lord that's in this house. Amen. God, let there be a peace that comes on people. Let a peace come on some people tonight that have felt hopeless because their past is against them, their family history is against them. The legacy of failure and sin is against them and they feel like it's just a matter of time. But God, I pray you put peace in somebody's heart tonight. That that curse is broken in Jesus' name. We're going to close in, in just a moment. We're going to close in just a moment. But we have so many new people over the last several months that don't really have a Pentecostal background. They weren't raised. We thank God for a strong, long-term established church. But we have a lot of new people that don't have that. If you don't have that history of old-time Holy Ghost Church, I want you just to slip your hand up in the air. Look at the hands all over this place. Come on, raise your hand up high. Amen. We got some of these awesome young people that are new to the church. They don't have grandma and grandpa and great-grandpa that brought them to church. They're blazing a brand new trail, and the enemy wants to tell them they'll never make it. They're all on their own. But here's what the Bible says. Here's what the Bible said in the book of Psalms. The Bible said that he said the solitary in families. He said the solitary. The word solid, the, the alone. The one on their own. He said that God set them in families. You're here because God put you in a spiritual family. You are not on your own. You do not have to fight by yourself. You don't have to worry that the enemy's going to overtake you because you got a whole family praying for you. And I want to challenge. I want to challenge Bethlehem Church. I want to challenge the longtime members of Bethlehem Church. Can, can, will you listen to me for just a minute? This is not a rebuke. This is just a challenge. Don't you ever let a new person have to pray by themselves. A pastor or a preacher should never, have to, should never have to go like this to get people to come help people pray. That's why you're here. You're the family that God set people into. Amen. Aren't you thankful that God is turning lives around? Aren't you thankful that God's making changes in people? I've come to tell you, you do not have to be what your past is. Amen. I, I was visiting a museum in Europe, and they have a book, and that book is like like six foot, and they got these massive pages, and 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 it's it's just this massive book, and if you ever see somebody turn a page on a book like that, I mean it is something else. Let me tell you what God's doing for people's lives tonight. He's turning the page and he's closing the chapter. He's closing the chapter on your failure, on your past, on your addiction, on your weakness. He's closing the past on all the stuff. You got a brand new start in Bethlehem Church. We're not going to judge you by what you were and what you did and where you've been and all that. 
When you came here, it's a brand new page turn and there's a brand new beginning. Oh, hallelujah. Why don't you just rejoice in fresh starts and new beginnings? Amen. Why don't we rejoice that some of these families are getting a brand new direction? They were going that way, but now they're going that way. Some of these lives were going down, but now they're going up. Praise God. Amen. You can pray as long as you like. I hope you'll take the time to introduce yourself to someone in the dining room of the SP Wilson Center, the educational facility. They've got several different kinds of pasta prepared. This is a fundraiser to help our young people. I hope you'll all go out there. If you don't like pasta, if you're not hungry, just go give them an offering and then go home and uh, do whatever you want to do. But let's spend, but, but let's, let's be a blessing to these young people. God, I pray a blessing on this church this week. God, you promised to make him the head and not the tail. I open heaven and release your blessing on your people, oh God, spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially, God. Bless your people in Jesus' name. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord.